looking to get Colside of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Unpark Rolls preview podcast supported by Phantom Bruco. Well, we'll be looking forward to the game against Carlisle United on Saturday, but it would be uh, very, very remiss of us not to mention the fact that we've had the four-point deduction, which we did do a podcast on. You can have a listen to that one. And But to talk about what Ruben Sellers had to say about it today, I've been joined by James Earnshaw from the Redden Chronicle. Right, Paul. Afternoon. Long time, no see. Yeah, it's been at least 25 minutes, hasn't it? It <laughs> feels like that, doesn't it? Not even a day since our last pod. No, no, it probably isn't. Well, I mean, what kind of mood was Ruben in today? Because I've like seen some of the comments that he'd come out. He seems in quite a defiant mood. Yeah, he's angry. He's peeved like the rest of us are. Fed up and uh, probably quite well, fed up of it already, um, as, as we all are. He's not quite sure why the deductions are coming when the EFL have been saying things to the contrary. Um, and yeah, I think we all just want to get on with playing the football now and, and doing what we've got to do. He, he didn't sound too convinced that that would be the end of our <laughs> deductions, which isn't what we want to hear. But I guess no one can say with any certainty what die will or won't do. Um, so we've got to be prepared for the worst and hope for the best. Um, but yeah, let's, you know, he's just, I think, ready to get back to talking about talking about the football on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. If you do want to listen to that podcast that we did, it's called Death Fire at EFL. I think it's a very apt one because Ruben did bring up today about contradictions on the EFL of what they've been saying publicly and their actions privately, which I 100% back him on. Yeah, I think that's the big that's the big talking point of the latest deduction is the kind of the feel of betrayal. Um, I think the Chronicle have, um, have kind of led on that for our front page as well tomorrow. Um you know, we just we, we just wanted them to be straight with us. You know, we, we're not expecting to forever get away with points deductions, but it just kind of leaves a little bit of a bitter taste, um, obviously, to, to the to the staff at the club as well as us fans, as we were feeling yesterday, um, that, you know, despite saying that they're not going to try and push for deductions and that it's, it's pointless, he's, they've actually been pushing for them <laughs> more than what we actually got away with yesterday. Um so, yeah, it leaves a bit of taste with everybody and uh, hopefully it's just a bit more fuel to to burn the players to, to picking up however many points we need to stay up. Yeah, well, he did mention that he's very confident that he's going to get paid tomorrow. But obviously, going forward from that, he's not so sure, which, you know, as we've discussed many times, the EFL are actually making this more difficult by all these deductions and making it less likely to get a new owner, which means by proxy that we're going to have less money. So... I don't understand their logic at all, but you got a feel for the squad and the players repeatedly having these punishments put on him. And from periods when it feels like it's backdated repeatedly from times when he wasn't even here as a manager. Yeah, I mean, these ones obviously were, these came related to October yeah. and November, but these ones really are just pointless because what what could we do about it? You know, it's not Ruben paying HMRC. I'm sure he's up to date with his tax affairs, as you know, <laughs> as most people are in in you know in, in the country and in the world. Um, you know, so it feels very harsh. Um, I, I get obviously the EFL have regulations and rules and 71 other teams look after and you know all that lark that we're all well aware of. Um, but it just seems very harsh these individual ones where you know um, it's no through no fault of the club. 
Um, a nice fault of us or the playing staff, but we're the ones repeatedly being kicked. Kicked and then kicked again and then mm. a little bit more. You know, why not? It's a bit like um, uh, Shrewsbury Town with uh, Lewis Wing and Femi Aziz at the weekend, wasn't it? Mm. Why, why not just leave your mark and try leave there for a little bit longer? But from what you've heard, no mumblings of either of those players being out this Saturday. Didn't seem to mention them. No, no, it should be business as usual. Um, I think Yeardom's obviously still managing his injury um, that he had a while back. So, I, you know, don't know if he's ready for a full 90. He's sort of played 70, 75 minutes last few weeks. Uh, Dorset uh, looking unlikely for Saturday, um, although I don't think he 100% ruled him out, but he said unlikely for Saturday. And um, if not Saturday, then definitely next week for Wickham. Um, Tom Holmes is a bit slower than, than what they'd hoped. Um, but still a couple of weeks away. So with any luck, just for the international break and then, you know, maybe back again for for the running. He also gave a full backing to David Button, which, you know, to be fair, I don't think he's going to change the goalkeeper at the moment. I, I just can't see it. I mean, you look back at it. I know, you know, other people who did the podcast for me at the weekend uh, had their opinions on it and, for me, I think the first one, yeah, maybe he should have done a little bit better. But the other two, mm. really tough on him to say it's all down to him. And not that they did say that, but, you know, I think particularly the third one, that was a tough one. You know, I think a lot of goalies wouldn't have saved that. Is he a good goalie? No, I don't think he is a great goalie. But what's your thoughts on him? I think he's much of a muchness, really. I think you'll find that there's probably 15 to 20 uh, keepers like David Button in League One. Um, you know, you won't want to have to rely on him constantly. Um, and, you know, there have been games where he've had absolute clangers. I don't think any of the ones in recent weeks have been to the level that Northampton was when all three goals were directly his fault. Uh, and he stuck with him then. I think it would do more damage than good to come out and kind of not give anything but backing to, to David Button in publicly in the, in the media. Um, you know, I mean... It's an interesting one. I mean, I've Pereira, we've not seen a great deal of, but he's always looked very, very good. Boyce Clark, I still think, needs another loan out to play regular football. Um, but personally, uh, I, I personally wasn't too disappointed. Um, I won't be disappointed should Button play on Saturday, which he probably will. Um, you know, I think he'll he'll do the bare minimum. You know, he's not a, not a league-winning goalkeeper, um, but equally, I'm sure there are worse keepers out there. Oh dear, that's, that's, I can imagine some of the fan base absolutely seething in the car <laughs> on the way to Carlisle or in the train. And if you are listening to this on the way there, that's a long journey. I hope you have a sweet journey home with three points. I really do, because uh, and well done to you. But Carlisle did manage to pick up a win uh, yesterday. I'm pretty sure it was against Burton. My mind is rapidly trying to rumble <laughs> through and trying to remember who it was against, but I'm sure he's sure it was. Um, so we don't go there on the back of them losing nine games on the trot. Is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? Because now they've got a little bit of confidence, but ultimately mm. they've won, was it five games all season? Yeah. They're pretty poor, aren't they? Yeah, that's one of those. You can spin them however, however you want. Um, you know, I no matter what happened, I would have said it'd be very reading to give them the win, either their first win in 10 or great they'll just go on a bit of a run once they've got that first win just against Reading um, or just against Burton before playing Reading um, I don't think it should change or alter how Ruben or any of the players go into it it's a game we should be looking to win um, 
you know, and I'm sure they'll be very fragile still. They didn't concede Tuesday, but if they were to concede an early goal or concede at any point, I'm sure there'd be a few jitters among the among the fan base. But they really are in do or die territory. They've got to throw everything at Reading because well, even with that win, they're what, 11, 12, 13 points off Reading and we're now the, the ones to be shot at just above above the relegation zone. So, you know, they'll be looking at that as a, as a must win and if anything, even a draw for them and that's then probably curtains. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. I definitely think it's going to be one where Reading are going to have to ride their luck a bit uh, and then look to look to be clinical because I think Carlisle are going to throw obviously everything they've got at Reading. And if Reading can hold, hold firm, and then, you know, maybe you give them a sucker punch. I just think the energy and the hope will just sap out of them. And it could, after that, be a relatively simple afternoon. But concede first and Reading have got Kilimanjaro to climb. <sighs> Kilimanjaro. Put Mount Everest right next to it because this is what we do, Reading, isn't it? It's always <laughs> the most difficult journey possible. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to ask you, James, what is your score prediction? Um it's a long journey home if we don't get a win. And I really, really do think this is the six-pointer. We're now in mm. that territory, aren't we? Yeah, I only go for one all. I don't think we'll lose, um, but I don't think we'll win. And, you know, draws aren't going to be our best friend at the minute, um, but that does all but virtually relegate Carlisle. So that's one less team to have to worry about. Um, kind of reduces um, sort of the positions left to play for in the relegation yeah. zone. And it just kind of gets us back onto an even kilter. I think if we were to lose Saturday after the after the week we've had um, with losing last week and the points deduction and all you know the energy of having what fourteen hundred fans travelling up to to Cumbria. I think if we weren't to come away with at least something, I think it would be a, a big psychological blow. Um, so just get up there, get something, and come home, and then we go again with with what then is a must win against Wickham at home on Saturday. Yeah. Um, it's all possible, isn't it? It's all possible. I'm going to go for a 2-1 Reading win. No, 2-0. Do you know what? I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say that we're going to open up that gap. I have to be optimistic. Inside, internally, I'm fearing everything, absolutely everything. But I'm going to say we're going to open up the gap. Cheltenham aren't going to win. They're going to draw, maybe. And then we've got it back to, say, a five-point gap. Effectively. So now Matt Lansley will be joined by a Carlisle fan talking about the match on Saturday. Cheers for listening. Welcome back to the Elm Park Royals preview podcast. I've been joined now by Lee from the Brunton Bugle. Lee, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm not too bad after uh, we ended our uh, appalling run of uh, defeats and uh, lack of clean sheets. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in a much better mood today, albeit still... Uh, very despondent about the fact that we're probably going to go down. <laughs> yeah, we're recording this the day after Carlo have just picked up their first win since what is it, New Year's Day? New Year's yeah. Day, yeah. yeah, it was yeah, eight, yeah. Is it eight, nine losses in a row, it wasn't the end. It was the eight defeats in a row, yeah, yeah. Eight defeats in a row, and then a one nil win away at first Albion mm. last night. And uh I don't know if this is a good thing or not for Reading that you've won, <laughs> because you never want to be that team who go, comes up against a team who've lost eight or nine in a row, because you always think it's going to be us who end up breaking yeah. that run for them. So, how did you play last night? Firstly, um, it was a dogged performance. I mean, what I would caveat it that last night, Burton probably the worst side I've seen this season, and I'd actually say that about both games against them. They're really poor. I'm, I'm sitting here absolutely gobsmacked that they got 15 more points than us this season because they they really aren't a good side. 
I think they're the only team that you've done the double over so far, aren't they? Yeah, well? yeah, they are. I think there's only one left who we can, and that's um, Shrewsbury, I think. If Shrewsbury, I right. yeah. yeah. Shrewsbury, anyone we can. So, yeah, they're, they're just awful. They, they didn't play any football. They, they played it long. They only look good when they put the left winger on later on. We took advantage of, the, of a set-piece squad from that. But we, we looked lively when we tried. The thing is, have you, have you been to the Pirelli Stadium at this season? Because their pitch is appalling. It's so I bad. I haven't been this season, but I've been before, and I do remember it being not great. Oh, like One side of the pitch was like, it literally was a sand pit. It was just, it was ridiculous. So... Yeah, it, it's it was it was a tough one, um, but we we ground out. And to be fair, Aki made a, two or three really good saves, but beyond that, didn't have a huge amount to do. So it, it's it's a hard one to judge. But we went back to basics. We went back to the back three that is the back three basically that is the only, the back three that got us clean sheet earlier in the season. The only other clean sheet we got. So it was um it was a little bit back to basics and. They just ground the result out, and I think that's the most important thing at the moment. A bit of pride is what we want back. We're realistic, and we look now and think, look, the chances of us staying up are very, very slim, to say the least. But if we can get a little bit of pride into the way we played, we can get a bit of momentum, and then into next season, with all the things that have happened in terms of ownership and stuff, we're probably in a much better position to bounce back at the first attempt, whereas under previous owners, I think we probably would have sunk and had a tough season in League 2 next season as well. Yeah, you just you mentioned the ownership there, and obviously mm-hmm. when we met, when was it the back end of November? You've mm-hmm. just been taken over by the Piatics, and it feels like you've kind of entered a little bit of a new new era with them. Uh, January, you signed you know a number of players. I think you broke your transfer record in January to bring in yeah, is it Luke Armstrong? Luke Armstrong. Again, yeah, who was heavily linked or was very close i think to joining wrexham at the end of Mm -hmm. summer as well and didn't end up joining them um so it feels like there's been some investment but it hasn't necessarily paid off on the pitch yet yeah it it, it, i think i think some of our fans are a little bit unrealistic and i probably got a little bit carried away myself and on our pod we did in that we thought you know come january we get all these signings and everything will be sorted but it's, it's never that easy you know if you're gonna make it you know, half a dozen signings, they're not necessarily going to all bed in at once. And they've the signings that are all going to be good play for the future, 100%. I'm, I'm really confident of that. But in the short term, the momentum was just so downward. It was very hard for them to lift the team to get to a point where we potentially, you know, we're going to drag ourselves away from trouble. Um, yeah, Armstrong, we paid allegedly a quarter of a million pounds for, which is like 100 grand more than our previous transfer record. Um, I know Wrexham were going to pay half a million for him, but apparently Harrogate was so annoyed with the way it was all handled and all went that they basically, they knew he was going to have to go in January anyway and they didn't want to sell him to Wrexham. So they came to us because they knew we'd, we'd been interested previously but couldn't match what Wrexham offered. And in the end, they're like, well, you know, we'll, we might take less for him and we've, we've agreed a deal. I think there's a, there's a few add-ons in there, but we're not likely to hit any of them anytime soon, the way things are going. Uh, we got Harry Lewis from Bradford as well, who's found it tough in goal, but he kept his first clean sheet. And his, his distribution, actually, is excellent. You know, he's very good with his feet. That, that's something that's really stood out. Um, who else? Harrison Neal looks a real find, you know, from Sheffield United. You know, he did really well at Barrow last season. Um, Georgie Kelly's one that's, for the future, he's been injured since he came in, unfortunately. So we haven't actually seen him play yet, which is a little bit frustrating. Um Josh Vella's an interesting one. One win came out of nowhere, and obviously he's, he's come on a free from Fleetwood, um, and he, he's looked quite good, actually. He's quite a solid little player, actually. We're quite impressed with him. Uh, I'm trying to think who else has come in. Um, Jack Diamond as well, obviously, 
been in the news a little bit for things away from the pitch um, in the last couple of year or so. And he, you know, he's, he's only just got back to playing after, you know, he's, he's, he's caught a case and everything. And he, he's, he looked at, he struggled at first because he hasn't played much. His match fitness, fitness hasn't been there, but actually on Tuesday night, he had his probably best game for us. He played up front with diamond and he looked really, really lively on a terrible pitch. He, he showed some lovely touches and lovely little moments. So, there's a kind of feeling like, okay, if he's maybe finally come to life, he might be a bit of a threat for the rest of the season. So, yeah, the investment's been there. It's been there on the pitch and off the pitch, to be fair, as well. Like, for you guys, it'd be different because it's the first time you guys have looked come since the 80s. But anyone who's been in recent seasons to Brunner Park will be quite surprised at some of the changes in terms of the fan zone behind the main stand. It's, it's all been done up and the big screen, the higher there for every game at the moment. And they're going to get a permanent one done in the summer. Yeah, there's all kinds of things happening and it's, it's, it's all really, really positive. You know, they're actually going to finish off the East stand that you guys will be sat in. That's not the, the, the actual shell inside. It hasn't been finished in the whole 25 odd years it's been open. And now finally we're actually putting some money into putting boxes in the top of it and things like that. So it's, it's just nice to actually see a bit of um, effort being put into it all. So yeah, it should be, it should be an interesting uh, few years to say the least. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned obviously Wimbledon since the eighties and, mm-hmm. There's not going to be many Reading fans coming up on Saturday. I imagine who've been before. There's very few. Mm-hmm. I know it's certainly my first time, and we're taking fifteen. I think it's fifteen hundred coming up on Saturday, something yeah. like that, roughly. Um, it's definitely the away game I've looked forward to the most for, since we got relegated last year. Don't, don't really know why. I feel like it's just one of those kind of you know pilgrimage games. If you're going to be a football fan, it goes to away games. You, yeah, eventually you want to do Carlisle away because it's just. It's just one of those games. Distance. <laughs> it's distance, isn't it? I think that's yeah. it, yeah. Um, yeah, you mentioned some of those signings and obviously the fact that they haven't really bedded in yet has kind of coincided with the fact that your form has been pretty abysmal in 2024 so far outside yeah. of that Burton result yesterday. It feels like you've kind of never really hit it at both ends of the field at the same time because you've obviously conceded an awful lot of goals this season. Um you know, five to us and four against Cambridge at home recently, four against mm. Alton at home recently, three against Oxford recently. But it, it, you haven't stopped scoring either. You you know, you've you've had games where you've been able to score goals. It just hasn't necessarily coincided with the fact that you've managed to keep a clean sheet at the same time. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. So you noticed the fact that you kept saying recently you've conceded recently. Because the thing is, up until we played you guys, I don't think we conceded more than two in a game. And we'd looked fairly solid in matches. We No one was battering us. I think the, the highest defeat we'd had at that point was a, by a one-goal margin. I think anyone had beaten us by more than a one-goal margin. And we were kind of keeping ourselves in games. And it was from that point onwards, it just started to go downhill. And one of the big misses for us has been Callum Guy. And he got injured just before we, we played against you guys in the FA Cup against Orient. He did his ACL, so he's out for the season. He's a massive part of why we we did so well last season. He basically his job was to basically screen across the back four and you know cover space. He'd drop in because we had a back or sorry back three I should say rather than back four. He would drop into that back three when players push forward. He yeah he was a very good passer of the ball. Chipped in with a few good long range goals as well, and. As soon as he went out of the team, we just lost a little bit of something and we've only really managed to replace it with Harrison Neal in the last month. But it's taken him time to bed in a little bit because he hasn't played much this season. Same with Josh Fellis, time for him to bed in. So it's it's been a really tough one and, and you're right, we haven't done it at both ends. Goal scoring has been a huge problem. The defensive side, yeah, has been a problem. But 
goal scoring has been a problem all season, whereas the, the defensive side only really became a problem in November. And that from that point onwards, it, it the confidence was just dented so, so badly. Um, yeah, I, see, I seem to remember yeah. we, when we discussed in November, we spoke a lot about Luke Plange and he was not someone I had high hopes for really this season, I'll be honest, um, when wow. Carlos signed him. Uh, didn't really pan out particularly, but the fact that you've only no. got what is it two? I think it's two, maybe three. Uh, two players above three goals this season in the league. You know that's it does indicate that there's not really enough like at the top end of the field. Um, so even if you are scoring goals, it's not coming from the the you know you haven't got a main man necessarily who's who's picking up goals. I know Joe Garner's still playing, but I think he's he's he's, he's gone to. He left. He's joined Oldham in in January, so basically we we couldn't guarantee him the contract for next season. So basically, he's been offered an eighteen month deal by them, and he's been such a good servant. We're like, you know, off you go, mate. Sort yourself out. He's got thirty five now. I, I think our top our top scorer is Gibson on what nine, I think. But Gibson's fallen a little bit out of favour recently. There's been a few issues in terms of his tracking back and his effort and stuff like that, which is frustrating. Because at the time, in times of the past, he's shown he's got that side to his game, but. He just looks a bit devoid of confidence as talk that he's knocked back a new contract. So we basically think he's basically seen his time out with us, which is we'll be disappointed if that happens. Um yeah, he plays on the he plays on the right, doesn't he, Gibson? The right. He can also play down the middle a bit as well and play on the left. Um he yeah, if you take him I think after him, and obviously now Garner's gone, I think our top uh, our um second top scorer is three goal three players on two goals, which will be Sean Maguire, who's again, he's been a real disappointment of a signing, if I'm honest. Um, Sam Lavelle for his goal last night took him to two, and Josh Vella, who he only signed in January, and I think he only got six career goals in his whole career. So we were not expecting him to be a goal scorer in midfield, whatever happened. So it's um it's it's not been a great season. The attack has been so disappointing. And Josh Coyote been out all season with injuries as well. It's just it's just it's been such a surprise that one because that was one we were really excited about. Like, yep. Yeah, bringing him back. He showed what a good player he was the first two spells he had with us. And he dislocated his shoulder in his second game, his first game, sorry. And he played his second game with the dislocated shoulder without knowing it and then found out after the operation. And since then, he's just picked up like calf injury after calf injury and has not been able to play. So he's played two games for us in a season-long loan, which is, I mean, it, it sums up, luck-wise, we've, we've really not had any luck with stuff like that. Uh, obviously, in terms of the takeover, that being sort of the summer we could have brought players in. It's just been it's been a perfect storm for things to not really go right in terms of us getting up really. So it's it it, it feels like that promotion last season kind of has come a year too early. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Simo said that. Yeah, with with you know with with the the club being taken over in the middle of a season when you're likely mm-hmm. to be you know relegated, it, it feels a year too early. If, if it had been this time next season when you might be you know pushing the top top end of league two potentially yeah it feels like that's a, a much better time for a new ownership group to come in but um you kind of have to make make the situation yes. green, yeah, I guess. yeah the the fact that the fact that you've managed to sign some players who are probably going to be a good standard for yeah. league two already for next season suggests that there is a kind of a, some preparation already going into it and it feels like I mean, you've had, it feels like you've, you know, got Paul Simpson, who has been there for two and a half years now. It was just over two years. Just over two just years. Over, just over two years, yeah. It, it feels like they, the 
the ownership is kind of setting up to have him there next season, given that, you know, you are bottom of the table this season. Uh, as you've said, kind of said, re- relegation feels pretty inevitable at this point. Um, but I'll be honest, I haven't really seen that much in the way of kind of like pressure on Simpson to be removed or, or change manager particularly. Is that because Not... the fact that last season was a bit unexpected or just because people are kind of hoping next season he'll be able to find that bounce back? Paul Simpson's always going to have legendary status at this club. At the end of the day, he is, you know, he's, he's, had, I think, don't, I think only Bob Stoker's maybe had more promotions with us or maybe Alan Ashman, but basically what three promotions over his two spells. Um, it, it should be noted actually, funny enough, that a game losing streak is our joint second longest ever uh, losing streak. Paul Simpson also holds the record for the longest <laughs> losing streak of 12 games in, in his first season, but he took over an absolute mess. It wasn't really his fault back then. Um, yeah, the, the owners are not putting pressure on him. They they love him, and he's a big part of why they came into the club because they were so impressed with him when they spoke to him and stuff like that. But that that really really helped us, and obviously in terms of what happened last season. Um, in terms of the fans, I think I still someone did a poll on Twitter the other day, and I think seventy two percent of fans were still wanting him to be in charge for the start of next season. Whatever happened, so that percentage. It's probably if you if you'd gone back a few months, that would probably would have been more like ninety five percent. So it's it's dropped down a bit. There is a bit of discontent among some fans, but I mean, you always find the ones who are discontented are the ones who speak the loudest. The ones who are generally it's fine, won't say anything, and they'll they'll just play along. So it sounds sometimes like there's a you know that loud minority against it, but actually most are quite fine. The owners seem to really like him, but I think Simo's also quite realistic and knows. Look, if if that losing streak had carried on another two or three games, it would have been very tough for him to carry on, just because the atmosphere would have been dropped right down. Getting that win at Burton and getting the clean sheet as well makes a big difference. And if we could get like if we got a nil nil this weekend, you know it, it, it's it's a bit of a dour result. But at the end of the day, we look well. That's two clean sheets in a row, four points picked up. Things things are looking a bit better. That that's what we need. We need a bit of sort of belief put into the team and a bit of pride. And if we can get that for the rest of the season, I think we we'd all be we're accepting we're going to lose games in the in the running. You know, we've got still got Derby, Blackpool's play teams like that. You know, so it, it's going to happen. We just got to show a bit more fight. And there, there was plenty of fight at the weekend. And I think hopefully a few more players come back from injury as well. We'll get to see that. I guess the ultimate aim now is like don't finish. You know, don't finish bottom of the table realistically if you can. I think there's a bit yeah. of down to, to, to Fleetwood who are just above you, but I think there may be what four points above you with your I win yesterday. We, I think, think we've got a game in hand because we played yeah. Cheltenham. Like, our game against Cheltenham, for some weird reason, it was called off for Cameron. It was the start of the year. And that's been rearranged to like nearly the end of the season, which was a bizarre decision. But yeah. Um, It'll be interesting to see, you know, where we are come that point. So that's our game in hand. That's going to sit there for a long, long time. Sort of, I was hanging over us and hanging over the other teams. If if we do somehow go on some sort of run to get ourselves away from trouble, but you, you're right. It, 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 if we could avoid bottom, great. To be honest, if we can avoid being the worst team in League One history since the all the reorganisation and names were changed, I think our fans would be quite happy with that. that. I don't I, know. I, what I have a feeling it's twenty five points. So we're not actually that far off it. So we got yeah one more win and we're there pretty much. So I think yeah it, it's that it, it's pride it's pride and we we saw a bit more of that the weekend and I think the feeling is right if we stick with that team we had against Burton we'll we'll grind out enough results to get a bit of pride back into the team. Yeah, I think that makes sense. It's uh, 
when you when you know relegation is going to happen, it's, it's all about kind of what mm-hmm. what you can look forward to and what what next season is about more than you know more than how we're going to finish this season and are we going to yeah. you know are we going to stay up when when the reality is already staring you in the face. Um, you know, you've mentioned some of the the players who we should look out for. We both we both obviously suffered with you know players leaving for uh, Portsmouth in the January transfer window. How big of a loss was was Owen Moxon because he played against us against uh, when was it a couple of weeks ago at Fratton mm. Park and he does sort of run the show a bit for Portsmouth even though he's only just signed there. Yeah, he, he didn't fight. It's a strange one because some of our fans don't think he made this step up and, and you know, he struggled to make the step up. I don't think he did. I think just the quality of play around him wasn't as good and it did take him a bit of time to find his feet. I still think we were probably expecting a bit too much of him in a team that was going to be struggling this season. He's a good player, but he was never going to sign that contract. And I think it's probably the best thing the club could have done is, is like, well, what's the point in keeping him here? Well, we could get, I think it's, the rumour is, Somewhere pushing three hundred grand is what Portsmouth paid for me out of contract in the summer. It's like, well, we can use that money to buy, like, like in the summer to buy like one of the best midfielders in League Two, you know, to give ourselves a chance of coming straight back up. And that's you know, and then we the, the wage we've saved on not replacing Moxon as well, use that towards it. So I don't think there was ever. Yeah, he's a miss. He's, he definitely is a miss because he's he's got real real quality and and the players we've got in there now are not, are not the same sort of players. But it was the right move for all parties. And he got and he played against us literally two weeks later and he got a really good reception, which I was pleased about because sometimes our fans for some reason, even players who, you know, been good servants to us, they'll give him a bit of stick when they come back, but he didn't really get any at all. So it was it, it was good. But yeah, he's a miss, but yeah, we move on. This weekend you'll probably be lining up with the three five two. I imagine that you played against Burton yesterday as well. Similar yeah. I, well, I I imagine you won't see any changes from from that game, right? Possibly Josh Vela because he came off with what looked like a possible knock towards the end, so he might come out, but it's not hundred percent certain on that one. He, he he might still be in there. I'd imagine it will be pretty much the same as long as they're all fit. Um, the, one of the questions is Paul Huntington because he's not really played as much this season, and kind of hoping Simo now starts picking him a bit, a bit more often because he, he's so experienced and he makes such a difference at the back there for us. So. I think the hope is that he will be fit. He's he's try he's he's changed up the fullbacks a bit as well this season, the wing backs. Uh, so maybe Jack Ellis might come out for Finn back, possibly. Not hundred percent on that one, but I think the only likely change is if he if he's injured is Josh Feller basically coming out and it probably would be Alfie McCallum coming in for him, I think most likely. With that, mm-hmm. let's uh let's end it there. It feels like a big game for both sides. Uh, I feel like you're probably more optimistic today than you probably were 24 hours ago before the Burton game. Yeah. What is your score prediction for the weekend? Will you get a second clean sheet in a row? <sighs> Will you send oh, 1,500 Reading fans home very unhappy? Uh, you know what? Part of, me, part of me thinks, you know what, a draw would be a good result against a team that, because you guys actually, this is the thing, even though you guys have you know struggled for a big chunks of the season you're actually doing quite well at the moment in terms of your form so i'm kind of i'm 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 going to be an optimist and i'm going to go with a 2-1 win not a second clean sheet but a 2-1 win and yeah i, I, I can't even think who goal scores would be right now i'd have to have a good think about that one but probably armstrong finally get a couple of goals <laughs> i think the panic the panic will really set in amongst reading fans if we do lose 2-1 <laughs> at the weekend uh if, if it hasn't already 
Um, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to go for two one to Reading. I'm just going to have to, <laughs> just going to have to keep predicting away wins. I know that's something that uh, Paul Paul does our, of our host, and he just predicts two one away wins in the hope that at some at some point we'll win two one away from home. Uh, we've, we've only only managed two away wins so far this season, and both of them have been to nil. So maybe maybe at some point we'll finally get a late minute winner as well. Who knows? But yeah. Lee, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Um, I would say best of luck for the rest of the season, but it, it does feel like that's probably uh, probably a bit bit patronising. So I'll say hopefully that Carlisle can salvage some pride and you can you know see some wins before the end of the season. I mean, as much as we'd like to try and somehow perform a miracle and avoid relegation. I don't think we'll be overhauling you guys at the very least. <laughs> I think you are probably just a bit too far ahead of us right now. I think looking at the uh, the points thing, so I think so we're probably all, all one team points. at a time, isn't it? So. Yeah, exactly, exactly that. But one next next game up, next game up, and all that. Uh, yeah. We'll be back on Sunday after whatever time people get in the door after Carlisle away. I don't know what time we're going to be back, but it will be late, I'm sure. Um, but we'll be back on Sunday with a review of the Carlisle game enjoyed today's podcast please drop us a five star rating on spotify or apple podcasts uh be sure to check out lee and the rest of their crew on the brunson bugle for us on their preview show um and i assume lee a review of the game next week at some point yeah we 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 tend to baggage our review and preview together so we preview i'm trying to think we haven't got a midweek game have we no we haven't so it'll be probably friday next week if we do a review of the game yeah so if you want to hear about reading's you know tremendous freedom victory on their podcast do, <laughs> do listen in next week to their show as well um until sunday up the ding <laughs>